0: Welcome, everybody, to the Magic Beans Podcast. We are back again for episode number 145. I'm your host tonight, and my name is Shorty, and I have a couple of beans on the line with me. Tonight we have Stu returning back to us. How's it going, mate? Good, mate. How you doing? Yeah, pretty good. Can't complain. And someone else who can't complain, although maybe after having one day back at work can do a whole bunch of complaining, Chewy.
1: Welcome back. Thanks, mate. Good to be back. Good to be back home. And, uh, you know, as much fun as travelling and holidays is, the, you know, often the best part of it is coming home. So, yeah, here I
0: am. <laughs> yeah, the, the coming home is nice. You know, you get home, you get to sleep in your bed that's comfy and things like that. It, and then you go back to work and it's <laughs> it's not so much fun and the weather's cold and, yeah, reality sinks back in and very quickly you forget about the nice holiday you just enjoyed. Yeah,
1: yeah. it's one it's. One of those things, right, where you're so busy trying to get everything done so you can go on holidays that you, you're completely cooked and then you get back. And so, to give you some context, 680 unread emails in the week and a half hours away. So, I was, <laughs> I can't yeah. get that many in a day. <laughs> so, well, I mean, there was a lot of people not sending me stuff. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was- uh, Oh, that's just my inbox. That's not the specialised folders for yeah, yeah, yeah. important people. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So, that's yeah. Uh, bit of a hectic day. Got home at 2am, at work at 8, stopped at 6, cooked dinner, ate dinner, gen sorting the kids, worked until uh, about half an hour before we are recording. So, that's been my day so far. So, um, I'm pumped to talk about some magic cards.
0: If you can stay awake for long enough, and stew <laughs> you, you might you might She's actually fall asleep yeah. halfway through this. Podcast. <laughs> no, I'm uh, here. I'm here. Don't worry.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. just I'm just uh, you know jealous of the both of you having recently both been on holidays, and I've just been working my butt off. <laughs>
0: but that's all right. Yes, yeah, so I would highly recommend a holiday to a tropical island. It is very nice, but. My, from my experience, like the first few days, I'm um, you know, my brain's still going, I'm still thinking about work stuff, whatever, and then I just like hit a wall where I wake up one morning and it's like, I'm dead, my brain has shut down, <laughs> my body just doesn't want to do anything, I just need to sit by a pool and do nothing, and then after that, you know, that that's like a day of just being dead, and then after that I'm in holiday mode, and then it's then it's nice but
1: I've got a three-week theory with holidays like where to actually have a good holiday where you've rested you need three weeks which I think yours was shorty so you have that week to just recover and actually wind down a week to maybe nine days to really just enjoy being on holidays and that change of routine and pace and The quality time with the fam or whatever it is you're doing And then you've got those few days to mentally prepare yourself to return to the real world So I only had a uh, Realistically just over a week that got extended because circumstances But I feel like I just got to the point where I was like in the holiday mode And then bang back to reality (laughs) Oh, there goes gravity I shouldn't give up that easy Oh no
0: Chewie's about to start singing And that's not good for anyone (laughs)
1: You can auto tune me in editing, can't you?
0: Uh, I don't think the auto tuner works that well, Chewy.
1: Yeah, no, no well, I don't, know, I don't know. I don't know. It works on pop stars, so you know. So we'll see how we go.
0: Maybe, maybe if Stu starts singing for us, we'll, we'll be all right.
1: Give us a good old light to put us into uh, in in the right frame there, Stu. Anyway, oh, well, we're way off. We're talking off. <laughs>
0: All right, we need to get back into it, uh, back into the actual magic stuff. So, Chewy, you've had a couple of weeks off. Do you want to uh, give us the spiel about
1: our awesome sponsors? I will absolutely take every opportunity I hang can. On, hang pa- on, hang on, hang on, hang oh. on. Did, did
2: I do such a poor job on the stream the other night that you've <laughs> given it to Chewy? <laughs> no, well, you've done it recently. Like, you've done it this week, ah, so it's, it's Chewy's yeah, it's, turn.
1: it's my turn, mate. Back in your box. <laughs> <laughs> so... Speaking of boxes, Josh and Pat's have cracked many, many boxes of Dominaria and you can jump onto jpmtgbazaar.com.au and you can bid on multiple auctions every single night. There are the win it now posts that go up every day with set prices that are super competitive and primo auctions on the weekend. Uh, and you just get bidding. You can pick up some absolute bargains, like over a hundred cards every night goes up. And a full range, everything you could possibly need, just hit up jpmtgbazaar.com.au. You can get the magic beans invitational token, which is the, uh, the extra turns counter, uh, which is a, yeah, a goblin counting beans, which is pretty sweet courtesy of our envy winner last year in Jedi's Walker. So get yourself that with the, the beans logo on the back. It's pretty sweet. It's a good way to flex at your next paper event. And when you do win an auction, Please tell them that the beans sent you. Very
0: good. You've you've remembered how to do it. Well done. Success. It's
1: only, what, 145 <laughs> what, episodes? <laughs> Probably been on 135 of them, I guess. So, yeah, yeah. Yes.
0: Uh, all good all right so tonight's episode is uh, basically just a bit of a mixed bag we've got a, a bunch of different things to talk about uh none of them are really huge topics so we're just going to sort of make our way through them and yeah hope you enjoy it and uh yeah first thing kicking us off is something that cracker and i spoke about last week's cracker or was this you stew was it you and me last week's no, wasn't on last week. I don't know, I can't remember. They all just played into each, each still other. Cracker and Stewie
1: interchangeable just like Chewy and Shorty Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, so on the weekend we had the Arena Championship 1. So this was the first of the Arena Pro Tours equivalent in the new system with the fancy pyramid diagrams and all that sort of stuff. And, yeah, we spoke about it last week that no one was really excited about it or talking about it. We didn't care about it because the format was alchemy now they did have dominaria draft to kick off the event three rounds of that uh but you know draft's not you know there's a, there's a lot of people that really like limited myself included and and you know you guys on the cast as well but watching draft and watching people play draft is generally not as exciting as uh as constructed so that's not enough to draw me in and then the rest of it was alchemy so i did not watch a single Second of this event, and uh, it sounds like not many other people did either. I saw a uh, a tweet from Saffron Olive. Uh, showing the numbers <laughs> and comparing the, like, peak numbers of the Magic stream, which was, like, 3,500 viewers, and comparing it to Kroki's just regular Saturday stream from the weekend before <laughs> that was higher than the actual official Magic coverage numbers. So,
1: Because Kroki's plays interesting decks in interesting formats.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yep. So, like not no a good... Wizards. <laughs> not, not, not a good indicator. But anyway, is what it is. It's so- actually a
1: real shame because I must say, like even like alchemy is horrible, and wizards just need to look at the data and go, we just need to cut our losses and just give this up. And yeah, just like I don't,
2: f- I don't see that happening for a while though. But can you remember back to when they first announced it? And I think we we're all genuinely optimistic about what it could be. It was
1: supposed to be fixed standard, and then they printed yeah. alchemy only cards and wrecked it, right? Yeah, so- exactly like have the rebalance cards get rid of the those like it, it's it's an easy thing to do you just like press delete and we would have a, a format that was remotely interesting but what what's a real shame is the the level of commentators and production that they've done with the arena versions of things is actually pretty sweet uh yeah, you know hello. like the They've gotten better. Not that <laughs> I, I didn't watch any of this one, but I'm going on no, prior
0: events. From, yeah, from what I've heard, this event was pretty rough. It, it seems like they got somebody else to do their coverage for them. Like, they had, you know, the same sort of commentators that they normally do, so the commentary was great, as, as always. But the whoever was running it, it was, like, you know, stuttery and, you know, things were cutting out and you couldn't hear people at certain times. And, yeah, it sounds like they didn't do a very good job of their production and probably just got, you know, one of their interns to, hey, can you just quickly put together a stream set up and figure it out as you go and, yeah, See, you know, go, go back to the not taking
2: what, alchemy seriously.
1: No. No, no so, so what happened was they went, what do we need to do for coverage? And they went, okay, here's all of the things we need. We need this many people. We need this internet we need these cameras at this resolution, we need this microphone set up, we need this frame rate, this bit rate, all the rest of it. And they went, mm, that mana cost is a bit high, we might rebalance that because it's alchemy, <laughs> brought it down and then it was then unplayable. <laughs> so that that's exactly what happened then. Yeah, they it alchemied out. it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's <gasps> going to uh, become yeah. a thing. They and, alchemied yeah. it. Yeah. I love yeah. it. You've joined nice. it. Very but what's good. interesting is like uh, when I think about pre The alchemy format, when I thought of alchemy, I thought about some crazy dude trying to turn lead into gold because they're really close together on the periodic table. And, Wizards, you have lead or worse. You are not going to turn this into gold. Like, it it just doesn't work. You know, It doesn't matter how many cards you rebalance, how many things you're going to introduce, just cut your losses and invest that effort into giving us Custom draft events on Arena rather than coding oh, random cards. Yes.
0: Or the million other things that we want them to, to do with Arena. But.
1: Sorry, anyway. that was just the first one that came to mind. It could, yeah, like, yeah. insert anything that could be better here. <laughs> anything else. Yes, literally anything else.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, so. All good. All right, so, anyway, the, the event went and uh, Sam Rolf took it down. In a Rakdos Sack Mirror. So it turns out, despite all the things that they've done with, uh, with alchemy, Rakdos Sacrifice is still, (laughs) still (laughs) what you should be playing. So yeah, I don't don't really know what's going on there, but uh, from what I've heard, the final match was, you know, pretty good match to watch. If you're, if you're interested, you can go and catch the VOD, but. It's completely irrelevant, even if you are into the alchemy format, because the format's about to change. Because you know they release Dominaria, and then a couple of weeks later they release Dominaria Alchemy. So how October the 6th. hard is
1: it to schedule things, <laughs> wizards? Like, but
0: that no, they, so they do that on no, purpose. No, that's their thing. Yeah, that's, it's that's the thing. The Alchemy Dominaria release, uh, the Alchemy releases is always like three weeks or a month after the the normal. Yeah, set so release, schedule so. the Pro
1: Tour for two weeks after that. Yeah, exactly. so people can showcase well, yes. the new cards. So, yeah. the, so growing up in Magic, right? I, like back in my day, onion on my belt moment. So this is literally an old man yelling at clouds. The <laughs> th- a new set would come out two weeks later. The pros would define the metagame and that is when the rest of us would go, whoa, look at that interaction or, oh, that was pretty close to what I was thinking, how, you know, I must be pretty close to a pro and you feel chuffed about yourself, right? But it showcased the new cards. It was a sales marketing event. And the, the biggest issue I think that Wizards have had with their organised play is they've lost that connection. They've stopped mm. using high-level play as a vehicle to sell cards, And maybe that's because they're just so focused on Commander because they sell more cards with Commander, but they've just ignored, you know, a massive part of their player base and enfranchised players. And they're actually just forcing people away from competitive play into Commander and then going, why don't people want competitive play? Like, look at our numbers. Look at people. It's because trash format, trash scheduling. Like, you don't have to be... You know, a genius to figure out what the problem is. And I, there's smart people at Wizards, like really, really smart people. And are they, the only thing I can think of is they're not being listened to by the exec and they're, they've got, you know, they just don't care because they only care about commander products. So, and look, there's some wicked commander products and I'm super excited. We'll talk about some tonight. But if I had to choose between playing commander and having a robust, Competitive environment with longevity. I, I, I'd, I personally would pick that over commander. Maybe I'm in the minority there, but like I don't see why the two can't coexist. Why do we have to have one and not the other? End rant. I think that's my second rant for the night already. And we're 15 we're, minutes in. We're, we're already onto it. Yeah, we do oh, well. That's what happens no. when I don't get sleep. I yeah. get all ranty. Sorry, guys. That's, you, that's
0: yes. what happens when you don't have a medium for you to rant on. <laughs> like, Jen's just like, just stop talking. But when oh, you're no, on the No, here, no. no I just go. know she's not
1: listening. So, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> that's all right. Stu and I aren't listening either. And, you know, everyone in podcast land is, you know, turn the volume down.
1: <laughs> just like, no, volume. no, they're fist pumping. It's like, word. Yeah preach that's what they're doing Uh, i I
0: think i think we've suggested this on the podcast before like uh, a thing they should be doing is you have your pro tour whether it's paper or uh, arena and then for like the week or two weeks or whatever after that event have an event that you can enter for gold or gems or something like that but it gives you access to all the top eight deck lists so you can you know, you can pay your two thousand gold and you can Yeah, the pick- metagame challenge or whatever yeah. they used to call it. Yeah, yep. you can you can pick whatever deck of the top eight decks that you want to play and you can play and you you know, you get some minor reward and, and whatever. But it's you're playing, you know. Seth Manfield's deck. And so, you know, you, you get him as your avatar and you get you know, you get to see that it's him when you when you pick that deck and whatever. So you you're doing that star building that we've talked about for, for years and years. And then you're getting to try decks that you may not have the wild cards for, but then you go, Oh, this deck's really cool. Now I will spend my wild cards and, and build mm. that deck. But it's just like little things like that that is like so minimal effort on arena to do you've already got the deck list you already got the players you've already got photos of them you've got like everything that you need for it you just set up the event and click a button and away you go like it's not it's not hard and yeah would just go such a long way to having people being interested in what's actually happening in the competitive scene and keeping that thriving so Anyway.
1: And because that's easy to do and you've already got the development team employed, then you can get them working on the times where we don't have the uh, those, those events, those competitive play events. You can get them working on custom limited formats. Yay! <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> and spectator mode. Yes. And 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 laundry list of things. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think like from a from a player's perspective, the like custom drafts and all and like custom in client tournaments really cool. Spectator mode is a coverage thing. That would just be such an improvement. And then, you know, from Bean's point of view, having both of those things would be amazing. <laughs> if we could just run in-client tournaments and then cover them properly would be, yeah, would be fantastic. But that, That's anyway. the
1: dream. But even if they just did it, like, they could do it on a LAN as a proof of concept as well. Well, uh, they, they already have. Yeah. Like, when yeah. they've
0: done, like, the in-person arena championships and different things like that they've done custom draft pods like on arena
1: yeah so the technology exists release yeah. it
0: there's there's yep. no ah, the technology here like they already have it and they've already done it so they're just yeah it's so just not so a, wizards a i'm going to
1: use terminology that you should understand take that from your product backlog put it into a sprint and deliver it those who understand software development will know what i'm talking about wizards not rocket science. Come on. Anyway. Apparently go. it is.
0: <laughs> what else are we talking about? <laughs> all right. So let's let's get let's get on to some, <laughs> some actual stuff. Uh, speaking of limited and, and custom draft queues, uh, we've got an interesting event that's happening this weekend. So we have another arena open coming up. Stu, you wanna give us all the details about this?
2: We do. So this is gonna be a problem. A really rough one for us here in Australia because the times are going to be pretty late. But it is on this weekend and day one is best of one or best of three sealed, which is going to cost either 25,000 gold or 5,000 gems. Uh, For best of one, it's seven wins or three losses. And for best of three, it'll be four wins or one loss. And if you make it to day two, it is just draft. So the first draft will be between eleven PM and one AM Australian Eastern Standard Time. Now you've got to have your draft done in that time and then have your matches completed by five AM Australian Eastern Standard Time. How do we feel about that? Well, this is the first time they're doing
0: draft as a day two and so, so that's Yeah, you you kind of you have to force everyone to draft in a short yeah. time period, otherwise you're just not gonna be able to fill your draft pods. And I don't know how it's gonna go like what happens if there's not enough people to fill all the draft pods, or you're sitting yeah. there waiting to fill a draft pod, and it's you know five to one a.m. Like, what? What are you? Yeah. What are you doing? Like, how are they going to fill gonna it? Gonna with
1: bots, or are they? So you know, is there a way oh, to? Know. Yeah, like, is there some way to exploit that? I don't know, but uh, I like it as a concept. We'll wait and see what their execution looks like yeah. but I- i'm gonna play in this this weekend you know I've, i don't have anything planned this weekend first day at home i got to like mow the lawn and uh you know
0: well, that's that's all stuff you do during the day you're gonna be playing magic <laughs> through the night
1: <laughs> yeah exactly exactly so and, and yeah. if
2: by chance you happen to get your three wins in that first draft there is a second draft between 5 a.m and 7 7- 7 a.m and those matches are going to be completed by 11 a.m so that's that's a huge Ooh. night. That's rough. <laughs> you know, me, 18, 19 years ago, I'd probably sign up for this. Me now being a geezer, definitely not. But No, no chance. But hold on. <laughs> but, I mean, day one itself will be an earlier start for the sealed component, I think.
1: Yeah, day yeah, two is yeah. a problem for future Chewy. Uh, yeah, it- I- exactly. I- so... I- I'm gonna I'm not gonna not play in the event just in case I have to do an all nighter playing magic. I'll 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 figure that out when I get there. But the like the bridge I have to cross to get there is to make day two in the first place. So I'll I'll just figure that out and I can justify it with, hey, I've made day two, this is the cost. I'll I'll just drink coffee and sleep later. <laughs> I'll be yeah, right. Yeah, yeah that's you've got, fair. you
0: got you got twenty four hours to play in day one, so That's not hard. You can do that at a time that suits you. But, yeah, that night time if you do qualify. Because it's not like like you're literally going to be playing through the night. Like you have to draft. You don't want to be getting on later than like midnight to draft because otherwise you're going to end up in that weird spot where you can't find a draft pod. And then you have to play your matches straight away. Like you've got four hours to complete your matches and you need to get three wins. So you know, you're basically going to have to be playing straight away and then you've got to be up again at 5am to do your next draft and then get those matches done straight away because, again, you've only got another four-hour window. So, yeah, you're just you're just locking yourself into playing through the night, which is pretty rough.
2: But if you do do that and you do very well and you make it to that second draft on day two, you get, for three wins, you get $2,500 and a qualifier weekend invitation. For two wins, you get $2,000 and a qual- Qualifier Weekend Invitation. One win, $1,000 and Qualifier Weekend Invitation. Zero wins, 20,000 gems.
1: So you've got to three zero the first draft or 3-1 the first draft. 3-1, yeah. yeah. Yeah, after making day two. So that's actually achievable. Like you've got that's to play good. well and you've got to open good seal to make there and you've got to draft well and you've got to be playing against good players and all the rest of it. But even like... Like just going one three, you get a thousand bucks, which is what fifteen hundred Australian bucks or something, and uh, effectively a pro tour invite. Like that's actually doable. Yeah. So you, you've got to go 4 th- what four? You've got to go four
0: and zero on on day one.
1: Yeah. Like which, if you play yep, best okay. of three, then you've you got to get th-
0: then you got to get three wins. So you've got to go three and zero. So you've got to go seven and zero
1: or three and one.
0: No. As soon as you get your oh, one three, loss you're, oh, you're right.
1: you got a 30 the first. that okay yeah yeah okay so you, right.
0: have, so you have to go so if you're playing best on oh, day one website. you have to go yeah. f- 4 and 0 yeah then day two, first draft you have to go 30 to get to the second draft and then once you're in the second draft yeah, yeah as long as you don't bomb out So you if you're 30 the 000 first bucks.
1: draft it's all value basically because yeah. even zero yeah. wins even going 03 in the second draft is 20,000 yeah. And there are prizes 20,000. 20,000.
0: so I didn't, didn't put in the show notes, but that if you play in day one, if you're playing best of one, once you hit five wins, you get a thousand gems. Uh, there's also just for entering, there's a shieldred Phyrexian card style, which is pretty sweet. Cool, uh, but yeah, probably get, get five, a bit of use
1: out of that in standard. Just saying, right <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> it's definitely one to have. Uh, five wins in best of one gets a thousand gems. Six wins gets you two and a half thousand gems, and then seven wins gets you five thousand gems. So if you get seven wins in best of one on day one you get your entry feedback so that's nice if you're playing best of three three uh one win gets you 1500 two wins gets you 3000 three wins gets you 5000 so you get your, your money back on three wins and then if you get four wins you get 6000 gems then day two in in the first draft uh if you bomb out you get an extra 500 gems straight up so that would be a total of 6000 500 gems if you get one win in the first draft you get 2,500 two wins you get 5,000 and then three wins you just get the day two, uh, the second draft invite so if you go like you know you play best of one you get there with your seven wins you've got your money back 5,000 gems and then you get one win on day two, in the first draft on day two you get another 2,500 gems so if you get to day two you're you know you're making a profit on your gems at, at least but, uh, Which yeah, is actually- pretty
1: good. That means it's a f- relatively flat price structure and, and worth playing in. So yeah, yeah yep. I, I think it's a
0: a, yeah, a, a decent structure. Other than the the timing for yeah. specifically us here in Australia, it's yeah it's pretty good. Yeah, but, I like it. Yeah, as as you were saying earlier, Stu, we're a very small drop in the bucket for their player base, so they don't
2: really care <laughs> too much. No, about
0: they're not. They're not going to to else. our
2: time needs, and that's okay. That's okay. There are people that are night owls that will benefit from benefit from this and have a good time. So, good luck to them. Yeah. So, yeah. If you
0: do end up playing in this, make sure you're posting up your sealed pools in the limited channel in Discord. That's that channel is still just absolutely popping off at the moment. People are still mad keen on Dominaria United Limited, which is cool to see. Uh, the day one is the standard arena open thing where you can enter it as many times as as you like if if you want. But yeah, feel free to pass. Post up your seal pools, and uh, get the pe- fine folks in there to help you out with building that pool and trying to get you those wins. So and uh, shout out, out to here. the
1: guys in the uh, in the seal channel, by the way. Like guys like you know Autolycus and Hemzy and uh, you know, recently you know Curtis and Plunks are, is always in there as well. Up at six, loves a draft. It is one of my favorite channels on our discord and if you like limited absolutely jump in there because it's such a helpful uh proactive and uh supportive little community within a community there so if you love limited it's worth joining our discord just for i don't care if you mute every other channel just keep limited going we've got some excellent limited players that are like genuine good humans that'll help you out so even if you've never drafted before and you just want to know where to start there'll be people there that will help you so yeah jump in link in the show notes
0: yep very good all right uh so yeah chewy you said you're gonna give it a crack stew nope no chance
2: no chance <laughs> yeah I, I won't get into it either but yeah good luck to my my weekends have descended well. into no time for gaming <laughs> and yes. it's really sad, <laughs> especially no. as the weather gets nicer.
0: <laughs> the, that grass just keeps growing, and uh, yeah, the oh, list of things you I need to do just keeps piling up. I mowed half the lawn last week. Yeah, I did the same couple of weeks ago. Now I need that same is... spot again, and the other yeah. <laughs> the other half I didn't do before is yeah, getting pretty long.
1: <laughs> I find that half my lawn's really easy to mow because it's downhill. Yes. And then oh, up, yeah, the yeah. other half is uphill, <laughs> so it gets really yeah. hard. <laughs> all of
2: mine is downhill, but I have to come back uphill again. Yeah, that's exhausting. <laughs> what were we yeah. thinking? <laughs> no, I move still love the, it. Move
0: to the hills, they said. Get get some extra land, they said.
1: I might need to borrow your goats, Shorty.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, I need to borrow my goats back. They're still on holiday, so <laughs> yeah. Anyway, all right. Next thing on the docket is uh, we're going to talk a bit more about the Warhammer 40k previews. So we sort of saved this up for when you were back, Chewie. You know, the last time we spoke about it and you went right off the deep end with the 40k lore, we only had the previews for two of the decks. And, uh, yeah, now we've got the whole lot previewed now. And uh, I think they actually release... Like, end of next week, you should be getting those in the next two weeks, Chewie. So, fingers
1: crossed, oh, yeah, that's we'll exciting. be
0: uh, definitely lining up to play some commander paper uh, games of the
1: those decks on stream. Yes, thank you very much. Yep,
0: absolutely. So, yeah, we thought rather you know, we, we've sort of already done the going through the fluff and all that sort of thing, mostly on uh, the 40k stuff. Yeah, we just thought we'd go through and have a bit of a chat about some of the cards we're excited to see, and some cards that, that look really cool and that sort of thing. So yeah, take it away, Chewy. This is your uh, your area again. Go for it.
1: Yeah, no worries. So I there's a, just a couple of things I wanted to to call out. So having a look at the uh, you know the what have we got the Imperium and the Necrons really properly spoiled now, which is awesome to see. Uh, and there's a bunch of reprints. In each of the the sets, but they've got some some really cool art. So I think of the hundred cards, uh, there are forty one brand new cards. So a lot of uh, cards that are you know reprints, but they're kind of on on flavor, and they've got some pretty cool you know new artwork. So if you you know playing them in your deck already, you've got that opportunity to. You know, get that upgrade if that's what tickles your fancy, uh, as well as them just being, you know, flavorful if you're keeping the decks together, which is super cool. So <clears throat> I'll start with the, uh, the Necron Dynasties, Dynasties deck. So for those who might not have, uh, you know, paid attention or, or listened to the cast, or I just f- flat lost, uh, during my nerd out a couple of weeks ago, uh, when we were talking about these decks, the, uh, the Necrons are, kind of the analog to the undead uh in the 40k universe so if you're trying to get you know the classic undead like skeletons uh into the 41st millennium that this is what they've got so they're a a, a robotic race where there's like a ancient race called the katan or satan i'm not sure on the pronunciation uh where they've uh, bound their consciousness to machines and they're super ancient and they're a relatively new race to 40k. Probably only been around for half of the 40k's life. Uh, but the oldest of races and they've just kind of jumped up at ancient technology, all the rest of it. So there are some, some super cool, uh, artifacts and black cards. So I think it's, it's a mono black artifact deck, uh, is, is how it kind of works. And super cool uh, art in things like uh, myriad landscape, beacon of unrest, go for the throat, vault of whispers, etc. That you know, just sort of alternates to uh, you know cards that we we know and love. Uh, Mask of memory, I, I really really like. It's a it's great art. It's a you know got a necron head on it. Mask of memory is a uh, you know was a a cube staple back in the day lets you draw a bunch of cards so that's really cool from a just a, a flavor perspective and and shorty i think you picked out a couple of cards that you really like the art of uh one of them is that hedron archive yeah, you, yeah. Uh, so, so that's a
2: reprint right
1: yeah it absolutely is, yeah. but it's a, the- it's very cool
0: yeah, like, the the art is, like, we know what the Hedrons are. They're things we've seen on Zendikar. They're related to the Eldrazi, I believe. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the Hedron archives are card. I think we saw that first in Magic Origins, maybe. But, uh, yeah, it's a it's a Necron skeleton dude, like, doing something cool with what looks like a Hedron. It's, like, that that same, like, pyramid sort of shape type thing. But just the, the art just looks so cool, and it is just such a Necron-looking uh, looking art that's um, yeah really cool and and that's a definitely a staple in commander so yeah very cool that one
1: yeah I I think it looks great sculpting steel looks really good so uh so necrons have uh so the models come you know as the the plastic things you have to paint but then there are like little things of like fluoro green plastic that you put in for like the weapons and some components of the models and sculpting steel. Looks like they're pouring that in liquid form into, like, a Necron Rune. So, great card. You know, it's a clone for artifacts for three-mana, basically. Uh, But, you know, and Commander Staple. You know, any artifact deck's probably going to play Sculpting Steel. And this just is a super cool version of that. And, like, Wayfarer's Bauble looks great. Unstable Obelisk, which is kind of Hedron-esque. And the Necrons have, effectively, a Pyramid that can like fly around and shoot stuff and teleports, uh, the necrons themselves across the battlefield. Uh, so this kind of looks like part of that, but it's unstable and, uh, very, very cool. So I, I think they've done a great job there. Again, they've really hit the mark on, on flavor. Uh, the other deck that we, we talked about a couple of the, the cards and the commander and things in the previous thing is the forces of the imperium. So, this one is a an Esper deck, which I think fits really well with the forces of the Imperium because you, as I said in my sort of waffling the other week, you think, oh, they're humans, they're the good guys, but there are a lot of are we the baddies moments uh for, for the the humans in 40k. So they're really relatable because they're people it's kind of, but kind then, of like
0: the British Empire. It's like, oh yeah, you know, the Brits are the good guys, or whatever. And then it's like you actually go through history, it's like, yeah, but they're all really not. Not really <laughs> oh the
1: good God. guys. We're we taught we're taught in school that they're good guys. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah. I, I wonder if the uh the Museum on Terror just has artifacts stolen from the entire galaxy rather than <laughs> yeah. the British Museum just having them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so that's uh, – and, again, there's 41 new cards. There's a lot of cool reprints and, um, you know, there's talismans and uh, there's, you know, collective effort and fell the Mighty and uh, all sorts of things that, you know, Reconnaissance Mission, Commander Sphere – uh, all of the commander staples with with super cool art so uh you know again worth having for for just a collectibility alternate art perspective uh, or if you're just looking for an upgrade to an existing deck I'm sure there'll be singles available on jpmtgbizarre.com.au. uh so yeah I I think that is super cool uh some cards that really jump out at me uh in the uh in the imperium deck from a Flavor perspective similar to your Hedron Archive one, um, Shorty. And I think we've got a bit of overlap We're talking about dreadnoughts here. So, a dreadnought is like think about a mech if you've played like Mech Warrior or Battletech or things like that, where you know it's taller than a normal person, it's got big guns and stuff, but it's actually a dead space marine and these consciousness is kept alive within a sarcophagus and they're kept in stasis. And in times of like big wars and great need, they wake up the, uh, the, you know, still conscious, but dead, uh, space Marine, plug them into a dreadnought and they return to the battlefield in, you know, their endless service and servitude to the emperor and their, their space Marine chapter. So, uh, They're a super cool, really iconic part of the Space Marine and Chaos Space Marine, uh, force. Uh, the orcs, which aren't represented in, in these deck lists, but they have copied them with their killer cans. And, you know, just because they see something and go, well, that's powerful. Let's make our own version. Uh, and, but because they're kind of dead, they're kind of, you know, highly revered, but they're kind of fearless, but also very, uh, very, very powerful. Uh, because they're a very experienced warrior. And the, the one that, the just example that's jumped out at me is the Redemptor Dreadnought, which is just a, you know, a Dreadnought with a plasma cannon and a power fist. Uh, it's a five mana, four, four artifact creature, Astartes Dreadnought, and it has the fluff text of Fallen Warrior. And as, as an additional cost to cast this spell, you may exile a creature from your graveyard. Uh, so that is the dead. Uh, space Marine that is then used to crew this <laughs> this uh, artifact creature. It has uh, Trample and it's got Plasma Incinerator. Again, that's the pattern of the Dreadnought. Uh, when it attacks, if a card was exiled with it, it gets plus X, plus X until end of turn where uh, X is the power of the exiled card. So it's a 5-minute 4-4 with Trample. And if you can, you know, put some, you know, juicy big stuff into your graveyard... Uh, you know, this can, you know, attack as a 1010 or, you know, bigger even. So, uh, super powerful sort of beat stick, uh, and is a, a really good representation of the flavor of what a dreadnought is, uh, in, in the 40k world. So, um, what do you think about that, Stu, as uh, someone who doesn't know a great deal about 40k? what What's your impressions right. there?
2: I don't know anything about 40k. So just listening to you explain it all and then having that card as the backup to that story of about, about, you know, the fallen warrior being plugged in. Yeah. The flavor of that's awesome. I really like that.
1: It's really cool. Um, little sidebar plasma weapons are really fun in, in the 40k game. Uh, so they're a really powerful weapon. They, they kind of practically ignore armor because they just melt stuff. Yep. and they uh, they' you know just uh, sometimes like do like an area of effect but they get really hot so everything in 40k is a um, it's d6 based you just roll you know how many D6 based on your abilities and if you roll a one when you're rolling to hit with your gun overheats and can actually blow up and kill the person carrying it <laughs> which That's is
2: exactly uh, what I would do
1: yeah <laughs> I've done that. <laughs> Many times, sorry about that. If, so if high, my, uh, risk, high reward with a plasma gun. Yeah, yeah. if
2: my run on D D is anything to go by, yeah, don't give me a game where dice need to be rolled. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, you don't like a game with variants, Stu. Um, I, I love a game with i Oh, I'm okay, just- not with dice. <laughs> That's yeah. It.
2: But with dice, there's no variance. It are always ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's how I dice work. <laughs>
1: yeah. I have the worst luck. We've got a mate, Cheese, who's got the opposite. He always rolls sixes. It's insane. He does. Yeah. Yes. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so, I, I, another card that jumped out at me just from an art perspective. This is one of the reprints, but it's, um, it's kind of related to the Dreadnoughts just in its art and a little bit of the flavor text is Utter End, which is, you know, a card we've seen in Commander quite a lot. It's uh two white-black for an instant exile target, non-land permanent. Good card. Uh, but it has a destroyed dreadnought on it. So, you know, we've got the the sarcophagus of a fallen hero plugged into this machine. They've got that, that second chance at, you know... Uh, battling and serving their chapter and everything and here they've uh they've been destroyed effectively died for a second time so uh fits in really well with the exile clause on utter end and I, yeah i think that's uh super super cool that uh you know again like so many things in in these sets they've, they've really nailed from a flavor perspective, so I, I think that's cool, and the art kind of looks a bit tragic, where you know mm-hmm. the dreadnought's down on its knees and, and such as well. So it's pretty cool, uh, Shorty. What have you got that you wanted to uh, shout out? You've got a couple of things here.
0: Yeah, I picked a few cards that mostly were just I was excited to see being represented, and um, yeah, like one of them is the the birth of the Imperium, which is a saga. We spoke the last time about the Horus Heresy that was the, the saga. You know, you went into, into depth on the, the Horus Heresy. I scratched the, the, the surface
1: s- of the Horus <laughs> Heresy. Thank story. you very
0: much. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. And so, then we've got the, the birth of the Imperium, which is, you know, the another side to the story and, and yeah, being told in saga form. So, that's, that's really cool. Uh, one card that I, I quite like, and you know, we both had it on our list as cards that were cool to see and, and cards we liked is Thunderhawk Gunship, which is a, a six mana, six six vehicle. And, uh, yeah, these are, uh, they're, you know, models that you can use in your, your various space marine armies in, in 40k. So it's a, yeah, six six for, with flying. And it's got when it enters the battlefield, create two, two, two white Astartes warrior creature tokens with vigilance. And then when it attacks, attacking creatures you control gain flying until end of turn, and it's only crew two. So, oh boy, it's six mana, six six flyer, and it comes with two creatures that can each individually crew it. But then it also gives the creatures flying. And I guess it's like sort of the uh, flavor that it's going for here is like the gunship is a ship that can attack on its own. You know, it has its crew that are flying the ship, but it can also like transport troops and. That's one of the things you do in, in 40K. You know, you, you chuck all your troops into a tank or into a gunship or something like that, and you fly them or drive them around the battlefield, and then your squad gets out and, and deploys, and then, you know, sort of going from there. So, there, it's, yep, you're crewing it, you're getting this thing flying, but then if anything else that it attacks with is also gaining flying to end a turn as well. So, just that, yeah, that uh, flavor win, again, is just absolutely perfect. So, yeah, really yeah, iconic. Re- really like that one
1: really iconic from a 40K perspective as well. Like, everybody knows what a Thunderhawk gunship is. They've been around for a really long time. They've maintained the same sort of shape. So, Stu, probably the best way to describe it if you've never seen a Thunderhawk is uh, the scene from Aliens with Bill Paxton when they're- Well, up. that's what I was picturing. Yeah, we're on an express elevator to hell. Yeah, yeah that one. Yeah. exactly you. Yeah, so <laughs> that that's the sort of thing that- that is that's it if you've never seen it before. So I picture that as a magic card, but awesome. Like the text on the card, that six mana six six gives you a whole team flying. It's actually a really powerful. This is a, one of the finishes out of the uh, mm. the Imperium deck for sure. So it just you know if you untap with this bad boy, then you're probably going to go a long way to to winning. And you know if you've got an active Thunderhawk on the battlefield in forty k probably going to go a long way to winning so it's uh yeah they've they've hit this one on all fronts which is great and what i think they've done really well here shorty is they haven't painted it blue uh so <laughs> yeah uh, like
0: look at looking at the art there there is definitely some ultramarines kicking around but they yeah they've they've represented other chapters as well which is cool
1: yeah so i uh, yeah i think this is this is great because that's kind of the default and you know we refer to them as smurfs uh, Stu, which are the, yep. the bright blue painted ultramarines, and they're kind of like the, the really like strict to doctrine, uh, look down on all the other chapters, follow the, the codex, which is their rule book, like to the letter, uh, and, and don't deviate from that. And anybody who does show a little bit of personality, they, uh, they kind of frown upon. So it's a, uh, whilst they're a really effective, you know, presence and army in their own right. They're also kind of the fun police. So yeah. like everybody kind of loves to hate the ultramarines in that sense. So, you know, because 'cause they're bright blue, we just call them Smurfs.
0: Well this one's actually like it. it's actually black in the art, which is Dark Angels, which is the um the forty K army that I have. The like Dark Angels are uh, predominantly painted green like that's the the color of their chapter but all their vehicles like the gunships and the guys on bikes and all that sort of stuff they're all black it's the raven wing raven, yeah, wing, raven yeah. wing chapter yep. i think is what they're called
1: yep um, which and is, the yeah, death wing the- are the the terminators the elites and they're like a bone color yeah yep yep uh, no, really uh, cool. but i mean it still remains to be seen whether the uh whether dark angels belong in the heroes of the imperium or in the chaos ones so just just quietly (laughs) they're actually traitors but yes yes yeah uh so so uh for those who know nothing about the uh the the 40k universe the uh the army that i've played since i was 12 which are the space wolves which are like space vikings they're super cool and the army that shorty's played which are the dark angels and they're the kind of the you know, shrouded and cloaked and um, they're, you know, reserved where my guys are like boisterous and outgoing. They've never gotten along and they've always accused themselves. This is how deep the storyline and fluff goes (laughs) in 40K. They've always accused each other of heresy. Uh, So I like to just like, you know, rib shorty about that every now and then as a, (laughs) you know, it's like someone saying, oh, but you're a blue player, right? Same sort of deal. (laughs) It's good fun. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What else have we got, Shorty? Anything else here that you – there's an iconic one um, here that I I think just from a flavour perspective, which – any? what's the phrase that you think about when you think about a space marine? It it has to be, and they shall know no fear. It's kind of their mantra, right?
0: Yep. Very much so. Yeah, so we've got uh, yeah one and a white instant. Choose a creature type. Creatures you control of the chosen type get plus on plus o and gain indestructible end of turn. So you know a bit of a combat trick type thing. But yeah, that that phrase, if you know anything about 40k, that is a phrase that you know from Space Marines, and yeah, a, a, a very obvious one. And again, a, a, just a card that see. To, it's really cool to see printed, like actually put onto a Magic card.
1: And I love the flavor text, actually a quote from the emperor who is a bit of an enigmatic presence and there's not a lot of like direct quotes and things because he's just imprisoned in the golden throne, which is a interned in the golden throne, which is also a card, which we spoke about the other week, but uh, they are my bulwark against terror. They are the defenders of humanity. They are my space marines. So it kind of talks to the affection and the, the importance and the purpose of them really well. So, uh, I, as a 40k nerd, love the, uh, have seeing the direct quote from, from the, uh, Emperor himself there, which is pretty cool. Um, next one I wanted to, to talk about is Deny the Witch, uh, which, <laughs> Deny the witch, witch. Anyway, <clears throat> uh, I think this is just a cool card and it's it's really flavorful as a, from an Inquisition, which Inquisition are effectively just witch hunters. And this is Esper, white, blue, black, and one for an instant. Counter-target spell, activated ability or triggered ability. Its, contro- its controller loses life equal to the number of creatures you control. So, I like that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's like very, that mob, very
2: cool. that mob mentality, right? That's the, a-
1: and, and that's how the Imperium wins just like by sheer weight of numbers. And, you know, it's got its elite forces like the Space Marines, but it's also got just an, an army of just bulk manpower, which is the Imperial Guard. And, you know, they've got what is like akin to a strong flashlight for a weapon, <laughs> you know, it's not super powerful in the last gun. Uh, but just sheer weight of numbers and uh, that they just throw at a problem. And that kind of really represents that led by a, uh, a psychic creature, a psychic human, which is a witch hunter, which the juxtaposition of it is they're often finding other people with psychic abilities and purging them. So there's that sort of hypocrisy that comes with the, you know, the fascists uh environment and fascist um uh society that that is the the human race in in the 41st millennium so uh it's quite well represented and super cool art would look wicked actually in foil i think so yeah i think it's uh yeah yeah looking forward to to that one for sure what else you got shorties anything that's uh jumping
0: out at you yeah, there's a few, again, just sort of like creatures or, or models, you know, that, that we play within the game that is really cool to see in card form again. So, you've got like Space Marine Scouts, which are a very common creature type. Uh, we've got the Devastator Squads, which are, they're like, they're Space Marines. So, they're, they're sort of your, your usual Space Marine looking dudes, but they're a squad of guys who are all carrying big heavy weapons, like Plasma Cannons and las Cannons and I can't even remember the names of all the other ones, but all the big, really strong, really powerful weapons. So they're, they're like Space Marines, but they're the real tough Space Marines, so they can actually carry these weapons. So, yeah, that's really cool to see card versions of those. Uh, we've got like uh, Titans. Titans are something that weren't around when we were playing, actually, Chewy the Titans and the Paladins, but the Titans are huge. Like the models are like 200 mil tall (laughs) massive things yeah so there was something that existed in the
1: fluff and in video games and and things like that but yeah they are basically cities that are like mobilized for war that they like walk on two legs and there's a few different types of them that perform different roles but you know like a planetary defense force might have one titan um but yeah they're they're pretty cool think like Voltron-sized things, right, where they uh, mm. can just kind of lay waste to, you know, entire cities it's, or, or uh, invading armies or yep. defending armies depending on their purpose. So, yeah, very cool. Yeah,
0: and then one thing that I, like a mechanic, mechanic-wise mechanic that I saw that was, again, super thematic. So there's the Space Marine Devastators and then there's Ultramarines Honor Guard that have the same mechanic as well as a few other creatures but they have a squad mechanic so it's squad two uh uh, uh, the squad and then two generic and it says as an additional cost to cast this spell you may pay two generic any number of times when this creature enters the battlefield create that many tokens that are copies of it so you know you you play the creature and then you pay two as many times you want you know play two four six whatever and then that's how many versions of that creature you get and that's that again that's just exactly how 40k works like it's your base troops uh in squads and you know you're running around with six or eight or ten of of these creature types all together and they all have to be i can't even remember what it is now but they've got all got to be like an inch apart from each other no, no, as they're, they're two inches around.
1: apart squad two no, no. So <laughs> that's that. Yeah, that's the unit coherency okay. <laughs> rule. So yeah. it's, it's it's quite kind of cute. Yeah,
0: fantasy where it's like you have to line them all up properly, and you know you've got your movement trays and things like that. But forty k, it's yeah, everything's a little bit loosey goosey. Bit more dynamic real. movement. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like the ultramarines on a guard is a three and a white for a two two with squad two, and it's got other creatures you control get plus one plus one. So on its own, it's just a format of two two. That's no good. But if you can actually pay its squad cost a few times they're all pumping each other so
1: the squad gets
0: stronger as you know you're spreading more power and toughness across more creatures but they're also all pumping each other so the, the more you have the stronger your squad gets but it's a compounding thing where they're all making each other stronger so yeah just a, again a really really well done mechanic I think you've got one more card you yeah, want to go through. Yeah, and,
1: and then another one just as I was scrolling through uh, <laughs> as, as well. But uh, So one of my favourite armies, and, and if I was going to go back to 40K, now that they've got plastic versions of them, an army I'd probably build, which is the Sisters of Battle, which nice. are basically like warrior nuns. They're, they're super cool. Um, they, they've got the same sort of armour as Space Marines, but they don't have the, um, the physical augmentations, but they have They've got their their faith uh, as literally a weapon in a lot of cases. And the uh, there's a thing that some of the, like, hand-to-hand combat assault shock troops have in in 40K, something called jump packs, effectively jet packs. Um, there's, and there's the Zephyrum, uh, which is the, uh, the Sisters of Battle type. And uh, it is a creature, but the creature has miracles. So I know we've had a lot of spells with the miracle mechanic, but I don't think we've ever seen a creature with miracle before. So Zephrim, uh three and a white for a 3-3 three, three flying vigilance. It's got squad two, which Shorty just explained, but it's got miracle for one and a white. So you may cast this uh, for its miracle cost if you draw it as the first card you've drawn this turn. So draw this off the top of your deck. Uh, it, it costs two mana cheaper, so you can you know miracle it up and you know they their faith is a weapon they've got this unyielding faith in the emperor the emperor is referred to as the god emperor and so having having miracles is uh really flavorful when they're you know worshiping the the emperor himself as a as a god so i I think that's super cool and uh to see the miracle mechanic on a creature is also very cool uh, and another card that uh, I think is is great, and I don't think we've seen in the uh, in the 40k universe represented to my knowledge. I may be wrong, but there's a Vexilus Praetor, and these are the the Space Marines that actually protect the Emperor in the Golden Throne. So I believe they're a detachment of the Imperial Fists. Uh, space marine chapter which are the ones stationed on earth that's their home home world and uh it's three and a white for a three four flash vigilance and aegis of the emperor commanders you control have protection from everything this is going to be wow a commander staple (laughs) (laughs) it's going in every white there Absolutely, any deck that can cast this is absolutely going to going to want this. This is super powerful. the The art just looks like it. Do- He's got a tower shield. Like you're not getting past him. He's an eight foot tall, genetically enhanced superhuman in uh you know ceramite armor with a a storm shield. Uh, for those who know the forty k thing, which is not just a tower shield, but it's a an energized tower shield. Uh, that that gives them, you know, certain invulnerabilities. And, yeah, uh, giving absolutely any uh, white commander protection from everything at instant speed, golly gosh, that's a good card. I like it.
0: Yeah, very cool. Uh, one thing that we haven't seen in these lists that I thought we would see more of is equipment. Like, that's one big thing in 40K. You know, you've got your chain swords and your jump packs and all your different. Different yeah, types the of chaos good, one's different got races, a couple like the, the yeah, I, like a, and things, I did a bit of a, I did a search. There's only eight in the the whole lot, and you know you've got like skull clamp and things like that as well that are like reprints. But yeah, there's not there's not many. There's and none of them are other than I think there's a, a one for the the chaos ones, which is a body armor suit. But yeah, I would have thought there'd be more than that. But I, I guess you know you're limited in how many cards you can put in, and I guess equipment's probably not that good in uh, in command you know if commander, you, yeah if you've got it's a chain though. a chain sword that's giving you you know plus 1 plus o oh, it's like yeah okay no one's <laughs> no one actually wants to play that so yeah the inquisitorial
1: yeah. rosette is pretty good i think it's a two mana uh, artifact equipment and it's got whenever equipped creature attacks create a 2/2 two, two white Astartes warrior creature token with vigilance that's attacking then attacking creatures gain menace until end of turn and equip 3 so that's not bad Uh, because it just, you know, it pumps out dudes and gives your team menace. And with your squad mechanic and things like that, you're creating a lot of tokens. So giving them menace seems pretty good. But like, there's not, uh, you know, and it's kind of like the inquisitor, the inquisitorial seal. It's not just like, yeah, Power Fist or, you know, um, Croesus Arcanum on a chaplain or something like that. So I get, yeah, I, I, they, Probably would have loved that, but it doesn't quite fit with the power level of Commander. Yeah, exactly.
0: All right. Well, yeah, we will leave that there. We've probably had most of our listeners tune out by now, but- uh, No, yeah. they're
1: pumped. They want to go and paint some models. <laughs>
2: I'm um, I'm, not, I'm not even going to lie. I I do not need another hobby in my life that costs a <laughs> fortune, but just listen to you guys ramble there and listen to the cast the other week that Chewie rambled a lot about.
1: so <laughs> really your Lego and buy in.
2: some 40K. I- I really want to get into it. I'll tell you what, Stu, between <laughs> me and Chewy, we've
0: probably got more than enough spare models that have not even been touched by a brush that you could <laughs> just have for free if you feel oh like... Oh, my gosh. I, I've still got my paint set and everything. You can you can borrow it. You can go nuts. It, it, it was, it's one of those things growing up, like it was super rewarding to paint and to find like new, new ways and, you know, new techniques and some of the stuff, like I watched a Facebook video last week sometime and, you know, the way they use airbrushes and things like that now. Oh, that didn't exist
1: when we were growing up. No. <laughs>
0: it's just crazy the the level of skill that people have in painting some of these models, but even just painting at a basic level and just going, oh, wow, this was just a piece of grey plastic and now, you know, it's I can see depth to it in the shading and the the highlighting and stuff like that that it I've done. It comes alive. Yeah, it's really cool. In that
1: sense, it really does. And yep. what I found, and maybe this was just being a teenage nerd, is you play a bunch of games and you'll find like a particular character, a particular model, like saves your game multiple times, and so you actually become attached to a piece of plastic, like it's <laughs> like you know that's that's Ragnar Blackmane, you know who's the you know my my wolf lord in my space wolf army, and you know he's got Frostfang, his awesome magical chainsword, and he's got these cool abilities, and the amount of times he's pulled victory from the jaws of defeat. I love Ragnar like and that model that I've had since I was literally 13 years old. I remember buying it from Games Workshop in Sydney. Like I would never ever part with that model. I like I am actually like emotionally invested in a piece of w- what is probably lead <laughs> given how old it is. <laughs> yes. uh, so Peter. yeah it's, Peter, it's, I think they are. Yeah, it's 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 pretty funny. Uh but it's just like, you know, it's like oh that version of the Shriekmore in my cube is the one that I drafted at the pro tour. It's the same thing where yeah. you you have that nostalgia attached to a a, piece, a specific piece of cardboard that you own. You have the same thing with the the models, but there's that extra layer of I painted that. Uh, I've I've used that in game, and then with forty k. There's also, like, the scenery creation and things like that as well. Which, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's something we
0: haven't even spoken about.
1: <laughs> yeah. No. Like, when no, you play
0: the games, you need – it's not just, oh, yeah, we're just playing on a blank table. It's you're playing on a table and you you make scenery for it and, you know, you make mountains and hills and And that ruins blocks line and, of sight and gives cover yeah, all sorts and, stuff. and all sorts like of things. So. that was a whole big thing that, uh, yeah, well, one of us was very, very good at <laughs> but uh, I was yeah. not. Yeah. Uh, no, but, yeah, cool, anyway, cool it's
1: uh, it's it's awesome. 40K is great. And I think, Shorty, when we do the stream and we, we bring some – I've got a bunch of old codexes I'm, I'm going to bring as little side props, but I'll probably oh, yeah. bring a few models. I might dust them yeah, off as yeah. well. So
0: You got any scenery still so, left or did that all go in the bin?
1: Uh, I gave a bunch to Ruri, uh, okay. to Jacob. Um, so, yeah, he's he's got that, but we might be able to pull a few things out. Maybe I can get some back off him for the for the the event. Yep. So we can set yeah, up a sweet cool.
0: play space. Yep. No, it's cool. Yeah. So yeah, Drew, if you do want to get into the painting. Yep, all we got to do is ask. <laughs> we'll get we can you, hook you up. no worries. We can hook you let's, up. Let's go. <laughs> all right, so, yeah, last thing to sort of touch on on the way out the door is our league. So, we did the live draw, just just you and me this time, Stu. Everyone else left good us? Fun. Good job,
1: by the way, guys. I tuned in on fun. my phone from Bali.
0: Yep, yep. Well, uh, thank it you. A, it's always good fun. So, Stu, your, it was your job to pull the names out of the hats. I think you uh, you might lot have of taken A pressure. The, yeah. Next, so from now on, it's just you doing it every time, and no longer Cracker.
2: Well, I've got, uh, as I said, I've got my own wish uh, to Ferry's Puzzle Box now, so I'm sorted. <laughs> always ready to step up if needed. Yep, yep.
0: So yeah, so that that was Monday night. That was good fun, as it always is. And yeah, we've already had uh, a bunch of matches being played, not heaps, but a few. We've, and, uh, we've, we've plenty had. we people chatting.
2: Okay, seven. Yeah, that's all right. Six of them from one group. <laughs> yeah. In any guesses as to who is in that group? uh Rolling Royce. Yes. So, as always, <laughs> the man the myth the legend, champions the cause, get the matches done quick. We've had yeah, he's done th- yeah, three matches. I think we've had Yeah, I think we've had six matches all up in that group and one match in one of the others. But I think Mr. Days, M's 3-0. Mr. Yeah. M is 3-0. Killing it. Yep. That's that's getting pretty
0: close to being locked into into finals. So, yeah, it's a it's certainly a good start. I've got uh I've got insanity he has been uh, constantly pinging my group, saying <laughs> who wants to play a match? And we're all going, "Yep." Once we figure out what we're going to play <laughs> instead, yeah. we'll see. Have a match. So
1: insanity's got it worked out. He's already like top two hundred mythic or something. So yeah, he's just right. yeah. yeah, he's already cracked it.
0: Locked into mono yeah. black. So, yeah, he's yeah, good, good to go. But now I'll be, I should be streaming Monday nights as I usually do. So hopefully I'll play some matches on there. And, uh, yeah, next week's stream might include a uh, collector box cracking. So, we'll see if that arrives in time. But uh, I'm I'm pretty much locked into mono red. Chewy, of you, you know, you've been playing your Bant ramp. Is that sort of where yeah, you're- Yeah,
1: I got brewing and then I started winning with the brew. Uh, so, I stuck with it. I was playing just like gruel down just playing something aggressive trying to grind the ladder uh but then yeah i kind of took a bit of a look at the metagame and identified a deck that could go pretty well and uh, i'm diamond two working my way up but uh we'll see if i get to mythic in the next you know day and a half or something but i doubt it (laughs) but
0: don't have too long
1: (laughs) um started in gold this season so pretty happy i played a lot of the games on my phone so i don't have win rates but uh yeah if you want to know about that uh, I may, depending on timing and things, do a bit of a a stream at some point over the weekend because I'm just having a home weekend. Uh, so I might just uh, yeah do some brewing uh, and show off my my list. I've already sent it to uh, Tanker, uh, who's been been playing it as well. So uh, if you're interested in you know being the biggest mid range deck in a field of mid range black decks, uh, hit me up. I'm happy to share the deck list and would love your input. You've got to yep. go to the standard standard channel on our Discord for that, though. Just saying,
0: <laughs> Stu, have you uh, managed to figure out where you want to be starting in this format? No, I
2: know, I know the answer to that. I played a small handful Well, yeah, I played a small handful, <laughs> well, yeah, I, I a small handful <laughs> of games this afternoon with a predominantly black deck because I have the bulk of the cards through drafting. I played five games and everyone's on black, and I think. Like, Chewy, I want to now find something that targets that more so than play that. Because it's a bit dull. I don't, know, I don't know about it. It's not that anything's necessarily good, but it's the combination or the sum of the parts that so it's just like. It just depends oh. if you like,
0: like, long, grindy, mid-range mirrors. If that's what you're yeah. into, then the, the games are actually really interesting, but and then you've just they can also up- be really boring.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, I, I found them all very boring. I, I think, yeah, I played five games and I went 4-1, but they were all really dull. But that's okay. I'll, yep. uh, I'll tinker away at something. Fair enough.
0: Well, uh, yeah, we may have a an upcoming evergreen topic on, uh, yeah, figuring out what to play in a meta. So keep an ear out for that, and hopefully we'll get that to you in the near future. All right. Uh, yeah. And don't forget with your league matches, you want to make sure you're trying to get a couple of matches played each week, or even one match played each week, because we will be doing the weekly draw for a collector booster. So I'm going to be counting matches from Monday to Monday. We started the, the league on the Monday, so I'll do the count probably just before my stream on the Monday night. And then, yeah, we'll we'll draw and give away a collector booster. So every match you play in that week is one entry into the draw. And, uh, yeah, space your, your matches out over the four weeks and you'll maximise your EV for uh, trying to get your hands on a collector booster. And, uh, yeah, reminder that the finals will be streamed on Saturday, the 5th of November. So... Keep that in your diary or your calendar or whatever you use so you can tune in for uh, for all the action on that and, you know, no doubt there'll be giveaways and things as there always is. All right. So, that's going to do us for this week. Usual wrap up. If you want to get in on all of our events, although we don't have any more that you can get in for this year, uh, you want to be in our Discord. As Chewy said, there's, you know, plenty of stuff popping off in there. So, uh, come and join us in the Discord. It's a really awesome community. Uh, we have a merch store where you can grab yourself some beans gear, hoodies, T-shirts, all those sorts of things. If you are going to Sydney and you want some beans gear for that, I would suggest ordering probably in the next four weeks. I think the postage is pretty quick on the Redbubble store now. But, yeah, get uh, get some of that so we can see you all and know who you are because you guys might know us from seeing us on stream, but we don't know what you look like for for most of you, so we want to be able to know who the other beans are out there in the tournament hall. Uh, go and check out our sponsors, Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. Check out their daily auctions. Just go to jpmtgbazaar.com.au, and that'll take you straight through to the Facebook group so you can join up. And when you win something, let them know the bean sent you. Head to our website for all of our links, YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, all those places. You can find the links for that on the website, just magicbeanscast.com. If you want to find me on Twitter, I am at Peace inc. Chewy, you are? At
2: Chewy MTG, And Stu? At M Stewie.
0: Very good. So that's it for this week. Thank you as always for listening. Stay safe out there and we will see you all next time.